Check, check. Mic check. Moto 60 show presented by Maxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data on PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 show is back. It's 11 a.m. Pacific, and Millville is this weekend. Yeah, that's right, man. We are wrapping this thing up. We have just four more to go. Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championships. Four more. 702-586-PULP, 702-586-7857 if you want to give us a call. Talk some moto, Jason Thomas, Michael Antonovich, all coming on the show today. And your phone calls, of course. Going to give away a set of Fly Racing 2021 Kinetic stuff, so looking forward to that. And your phone calls and talking some Millville, talking about Zach Osborne, talking about the dylan Jmart battle. Maybe let's throw some MXGP talk in there because since we've talked last We've had uh, Jeffrey Hurlings get injured, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk about that as well, and uh, and much more. So, thank you everybody for listening. Seven zero two five eight six Pulp Fly Racing. They've exceeded expectations in safety and performance with this Formula helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula helmet's overall performance is best in class in the high velocity crashes, as well as rotational crashes and the low speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, Conet EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, Formula Advanced Impact System introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing over 1,290 grams, they believe the Formula is the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet changed the game, and I can absolutely relate to that. Love the Formula helmet. Absolutely love it. It's uh, it's a great helmet, and uh, man, do, do does it fit good, and is it quiet, and it's so ventilated. Never mind all the uh, technology to protect your head inside of it. So flyracing.com. Go to your favorite dealer or your favorite e-tailer for more information on that. And uh, yeah, flyracing.com. Thank you to Athena as well. The point of reference in the market for production of complete gasket kits for dirt bikes, ATVs, Harleys. Athena is offering high-performance cylinder kits, pistons, fork seals, connecting rods, engine valves, clutch discs, and more. Athena USA, go to their website. They're a sister company with Get as well. So if you want a deal from anything from Athena or Get, simply use the contact form on pulpamex.com. Get it to us, and we will get you a deal from the folks at Athena and Get. I also want to thank the folks at Fly, uh, Fly uh, Pro Taper. Sella, self-engaged launch assist. Uh, it's revolutionary, revolutionary self-engaged launch assist. Solves a problem faced by all motocross racers, no matter their skill level. Setting the start device alone is awkward at best and impossible at worst. Patent-pending self-engaged twist dial. Sella can be easily set without any assistance, giving the riders the freedom, the freedom to practice starts and line up for races by themselves. Protaper.com uh, for more information on that. 100% the official eyewear of Lucas Oil Pro Motocross. And both of the 2020 250 Supercross champions, uh, that's Sexton and Ferrandez, both trust 100% with their vision. The best part of the deal is Moto 60-25. Moto 60 
25code at 100%.com to save 25% on casual apparel and accessories. The clear global leader in off-road goggles, but they make a lot more than that. Mountain bike gear, helmets, protection, sport performance sunglasses, technical fleece and jackets, premium t-shirts, 100% has something for everyone. And uh, I want to thank the folks at Maxis as well. Maxis.com for more information. Uh, the MXST is used by... <sighs> Not A-Ray while well, he uses them, but I'd rather just talk about Justin Bellrod and Jeremy Smith, right, on the SGB Kawasaki team, Max's Kawasaki team, because they're doing really well. And so please check that out. Uh, Bellrod is crushing it with his Maxxis tires right now. And uh, so let's just go with that. All right, let's just do that. Uh, Maxxis.com for more information. Minion mountain bike tires available as well on there. And, uh, and Asego as well. Asego? Asego? Hey, Tits Legendary. Asagai. What? That's how you pronounce it. Asagai. Not a Sego or a Sego? Nope. AI oh. is the last two letters. Asagai. All right. But yes, I'm here. How's it hey, going? Everything great. good? Fantastic. God, you're yelling into the mic today. You're very amped. You're very excited. Yeah. We had no show last week. No so show. I'm all rested and recuperated hot. and I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Intense Taser MX. I tried it. All right. I'm the only one who you trust enough to take it out, and I really appreciate that. The new I'm EP8 your... motor um, is amazing. Yeah. I'm telling you. I'm telling yeah. you. I, you're not as stoked on it as I am. It, just different strokes for different folks, right? You know, it's just one of those things where Ridiculous. I, I like a more explosive uh, motor, and you like the tame down stuff. So, you know, one right. of us is right and what one about of us the, is wrong. What about the 38 mil Olin's fork with the, with the triple crown? Yeah. So so that was uh, the turning radius is the only negative. But when I was going downhill, that thing felt bulletproof. Like I just you could rip around everywhere. It felt planted. Felt great. You know, very confidence inspiring. Really liked it. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Give us a call. Tis legendary taking your call taking your calls. Giving away a set of twenty twenty one Fly Racing Kinetic uh, gear as well. What model are we? The remember? Kinetic K one twenty one. One twenty one. All yep. right, fantastic. Uh, Michael Antonovich coming up, but also first up from Fly Racing, it's Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not too much. What's happening? So we, I remember talking about this series, the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships, when it started, and I'm like, I remember saying I'm sixty forty. I'm 50-50 on getting all these races in. I just I wasn't sure about Paula, uh, you know, maybe some of the other ones because I know Millville had been having problems and even Redbud had been having problems and lots of rumors going on. And, yes, we didn't get Washougal in, but they replaced it with Loretta's. But, damn it, JT, I, I think they're getting all nine in. It's looking that way. Um, you never really know. It's, it's kind of day-to-day, but I think it's – I mean, they're selling looking- tickets, right? You saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's the most optimistic we've been. Um, you just hope it continues on the way it's going. And I think, uh, you know, Colorado, the governor, I guess, stepped up and really wanted to make a statement about reopening and having a great event. So I like the way things are trending. Uh, I'm still a little unsure on California about how that's going to go. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I think this is the most optimistic I've been in a while. Yeah, I agree. I, I would have uh, – I don't know if I would have bet on it not getting nine in because I think I was 50-50. So that, that doesn't mean, a, a, you know, a betting odds for me. But, but I, I'm surprised. If we get all nine in, I'll be surprised. But with tickets on sale, I don't think they're doing that unless they got some guarantees. Yeah, you know, and at some point they have to start selling tickets and they can only go on the information they have at hand. Um I just I would love to be on the inside and see how that process goes with um, whoever owns that Paula track. I know it's on um, 
you know, tribal land or whatever the correct term is there for it. Um, so I don't know what rules apply to them, if they have special exclusions or mm-hmm. how any of that goes, but it would be an interesting conversation to yeah. listen uh, to both sides because you know there are people that are saying there's right. we shouldn't be doing this, we shouldn't have this. Um, that's just the, the world we live in today. So I bet there's been a lot of you know push-pull, and I bet there will still be more push-pull as the word spreads that that event's going to go on. Do you have any um, issues or qualms or, or, uh, or praises or anything for the way – MX Sports has been handling the virus and the pit access and the team access and sponsor stuff and all of that. Do you have any qualms with that, or has everything been okay on your end as far as what you think you'd like to see? And, and you know, doesn't make you an expert or myself either, just in your own opinion. I really don't because I don't know um, – the rules and regulations that they have been they have had placed upon them. So, you know, as just an observer, I think it's been been pretty smooth so far. Um, I think we are fortunate that our sport isn't under a microscope because I think we're allow, allowed to get away with things that normally we wouldn't be allowed to get away with. And I think you can agree that it's it's been much more relaxed than say uh, Supercross was, like Salt Lake. Yeah. So um, I don't know the difference there. If it's if the months of difference, you know, the the COVID cases going down and things seeming a little under control change that, or if it's just a smaller series with yeah. less spotlight on, I don't know. But it definitely feels different than than Supercross did. And personally, in my own opinion, I'm okay with that. I, I have not felt endangered at any of these races, and uh, I'm just glad we've got to attend and get them yeah. in. No, I'm with you. I'm not going this weekend or next weekend. Uh, but nothing to do with with Corona or, or the way the series is going. Just well, you know what? Actually, a little bit. You know, some of the reason because I'm not, of Corona. No, some of the reason I'm not going is, look, I, I'm in the middle of this virus thing. Like, I, I mean, as far as the middle, like, like if if if, if the president is one way and the uh, Democrats are the other way, I'm probably in the middle where we got to okay. take the, we got to take this semi seriously, but not it's not life and death. And you do have to go on with your life, and and the the economy has to keep rolling. Okay, so I'm somewhere in the middle. But honestly, I don't like wearing a mask all day. I don't like flying with yeah, a mask. It sucks. I don't like it flying with suck. a mask. I don't like doing all of that stuff. Now I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying this is bullshit. I'm not one of those weirdos. I'm not an anti-masker. I get it. I understand it. I believe it helps. But I don't like it. So then I don't have to travel. You know, it's kind of where I'm at. Yep. <laughs> so I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. So. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you on the flights. The yeah. flights is, oh. um, it has been by far the toughest part of this whole thing for me. So yeah. um, I, I'm with you there. I, flying uh, just around the country on this last trip I was on going to these races, it's a very long day. Dude, my ears hurt um, too. Like, it's just, yeah, wow. totally. It, it's all of it. Right, um, it right. was a very long day wearing that mask. Yeah. For, because you got to think about it. Once you get to uh, the airport, <clears throat> It just never ends. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, no, no. yeah. It's all day. It's on the planes. It's off the planes. It's through security. It's back home. It's through the airport. It, it, it's getting it, baggage. It's, yeah. it's everything. No, I just, I'm just not. So it makes it up. And also, like, we're not really allowed to go around the pits, right? Like, we can talk to the guys after the races, which is cool. Um, but we're not really like the old days. You know, you're not hanging yep. out. Uh, I sneak in some. I may or may not have snuck in some trucks for some coffee with permission. Yep. But uh, basically, yeah, you stay out of there. You know. And uh, yeah, so for me, I'm like, eh. As a media guy, I'm like, I'm not getting a whole lot out of this, and I hate wearing this mask. Now, I believe yep. it helps and all that, but, yeah, this is my little rant of the day, I guess. So I'm staying That's home fair. for the next two. Um, uh, okay, so giving away some kinetic stuff as well on the uh, on the show. And uh, 
Millville this weekend, the best track in the series. I say it every year, saying it again. It's the best track in the series. Is it the best viewing? No. Is it the easiest for traveling? No. It's the best track. It's got it all. I may have. I do have some bias though, JT, with this. So I am and currently uh, have been working on an article this morning for Millville, and I wrote those exact same sentiments that you're echoing. Best track. Um, I feel like that Spring Creek gets a little bit of a raw deal because they don't have the storied tradition of like a Unadilla. They don't have the 4th of July hoopla that mm-hmm. Redbud gets. Yes. So there are these external factors, but when you're really just talking about the track itself, I will put that track up against anyone you want to bring. Honestly, I'll probably go global. Um, I think there are some great tracks around the country, you know, and around the world. But for me, Spring Creek is right up there. It just doesn't have some of these other variables that, you know, we've been going to these races for a very long time. So they're getting a little bit numb to us. So when it really comes down to it and you're just looking at the track, I think you're spot on. And, and we can actually agree on something. So that's that's reason enough to celebrate right there. Yeah, exactly. 702-586-PULP. Give us a call. Uh, listen, uh, there's a reason why Redbud, our buddy Tim there at Redbud, went and put in a section of sand whoops into his track because they were so awesome at Millville. And his, he, he tried to do that, a little bit of Millville yep. in Redbud. And I get it. And and I guess Millville went a little bit with the jumps, you know, trying to go put some jumps in, uh, mm-hmm. going up the hill, but nothing like the leap, nothing at all. But but uh, fantastic track, man. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's got do everything. You, do you like the um, the addition, like going further up the hill and yes. some of the things that yes. have not always been there? Yes, I think that's great. I think it's fantastic. Um, the the year I like going up. I, did, I don't like going down. Yeah. Going down's really scary. I was just gonna say the years that they went down there, that was a little fast. <laughs> that it was a fast. little fast. Yeah. Uh, you know, but but I do think it's great. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a really good track. It's got everything you need, and uh, so uh, looking forward to it this weekend. All right, so 450 class. You look at this points. Zach Osborne 212. Marv 184. Adams 170. Okay, Adam passed Tomac mm-hmm. uh, the last round. Now, that's 42 points back of Osborne is Adam, and yep. uh, and Eli's 47. Obviously, anything can happen, but to me, it's a Marvin or Osborne thing now. We're really getting down there. Osborne just left two races at Redbud with the most points combined out of the four motos at Redbud, and so he's put more points on everybody. And to me, without just uh, a catastrophic failure this thing's too this thing's down to two guys i agree with you um the only caveat i think is if if tomac could rally the troops and when i say troops i mean himself enough to get go like one one okay if he could find a one one at millville and then zacco has some sort of issue you know you see a mechanical problem you see a crash where he is relegated to a 15th place or anything like that where he gives up a big gap in points in one moto i think possibly tomac could get back in this thing but he's going to need a lot of help and i, I don't mean just go one one and zacco goes four five i need yeah. i mean more than that where the momentum switches everybody goes uh oh we just let tomac back into this thing um, outside of that, I really do believe it's down to Marvin and Osborne. And between those two, from everything I've seen over the first five rounds, I really believe Zach has a significant edge, and especially in the second moto, he has an even bigger edge. Um, so I'll be honest with you, I was a little pessimistic on uh, Zach getting this done just because it's a really tough series to win, you know, and, and I didn't want to 
be biased because he wears fly racing and jump on the Osborne bandwagon too soon. But, you know, we've been to these races. I've watched it very closely. I've watched his starts. I've watched his qualifying. I've watched his fitness. I like everything I'm seeing, and I don't really see any challenger that's going to come in and, and take all the momentum and be able to run him down from a, a full moto lead. Yeah, it, it's really it's really going to be Osborne beating himself at this point, if, if anything. Marv, Otherwise, I think he wins it. Marv's had three straight races where his second motos have been noticeably worse than his first motos. Yeah, and that, um, that's just layoff. Yeah, that's just yeah, pure, no, pure layoff. You and, know, and and I don't see Tomac pulling out a one-one. I don't see that, right? <laughs> like, like well, I, I that, agree with you yeah. on that, but I, I, yep. yeah, I don't see that where that's coming from. It, it, I don't either. I don't either. I'm just, I'm trying to not count out the three-time champ. Yes, but this has been definitely a down summer. And you say a down summer. He's still he won an overall. It hasn't been horrific. No, we just have such high expectations for Tomac. It's just been a touch off that. And yep. for Osborne, he was over prepared at the right time. And and that's all it takes. It you know one one summer where you come in and everyone else is you know, dealing with coronavirus and uncertainty on schedule. And he came in really ready and he's capitalizing on it. Well, you know, we've been in touch with him during the shutdown and, and because of the, the, the way the nationals were moved and then they were moved again and all that, him and everybody at Baker's factory didn't really let up on their, on their training, but Webb got hurt and Marv wasn't hundred percent with the knee. So Zacco's the guy at the Baker's factory. That's really been there the whole time grinding and cause they didn't want to stop. They didn't yep. know, right? Yep. <clears throat> yeah, and it, it really paid off for him. Um, it, it didn't. It didn't have to. It could have gone another way. You know, he really could have uh, put in all this work and and had an abbreviated season or not no season at all, and he would have done all this work for nothing, or even worse, put himself kind of behind going into the off season. Um, but if you were drawing this up, and what could is the perfect scenario for me to put in extra work when everybody else might yeah. be taking time off? This has been it. Right. A, a nine-race series that started pretty late, so he, he had a ton of time to prepare. And think about it, that also extended the layoff, right? If you're Tomac and you're going to take some time off after Supercross or any of these guys, that gave them more time to take off, and it almost kind of worked against them a little bit because they came in less prepared than maybe they would have if we had gone straight into outdoors. You know, they would have yeah. been still feeding off of all that Supercross momentum where they had this time to take off, they lost a little bit of fitness, a little bit of you know motivation with Tomac having a baby and these things, and then you had Osborne who just kept his head down, and you're kind of seeing the results of that. Yeah, absolutely. I almost said Anderson in there with the with the Baker's guys. I almost threw Anderson in there. I was like, oh yeah, wait, can't throw Anderson. Yeah, it's in crazy. There. It's going to take a while for us to get out of that habit. Yeah, uh, I think AC can get on a little bit of a roll here. Uh, raw speed check. We we know that he's got that. Uh, but I think AC could get on a roll here. Um, again, championship-wise, i like just one of those two guys to do it because I think Adam will continue to make a mistake along the way. But when you consider Adam has zero points in a moto uh, and he's third, third overall, uh, not, not, not so bad. No, he's been great. You know, and, and it's, this is rookie season type stuff. You know, Osborne was the same way. You know, you win a moto, but then you DNF a moto, or you have a silly crash, or you just put yourself in positions that make it very difficult to win a title. Uh, brighter days are ahead for Adam. I think everyone can see that, and we've all been saying that for years. He will win lots of races in this class. You know, winning titles, we'll see. I would bet on it. Um, but I think to be third place in your premier 450, you know, Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship, I think yeah. that's pretty respectable. And I think he will win motos. You know, he'll win yeah. at least one more moto down the stretch of the last eight. 
702-586 Pulp. We got a few phone lines open. We are giving away some 2021 Fly Racing Kinetic uh, gear as well. Thank you to Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Please check out your favorite e-tailer or dealer uh, for more information on that and all the Formula helmets uh, that lines that they have. Pro Taper, 100%, Maxis, Athena, all on board with us also. And uh, Jason Thomas on the line. Antonovich coming up, of course, here shortly. Uh, okay, so Baggett got the second moto. Um, AC's won a moto. Tomek's won a moto. Marv's won a moto. Osborne's won a moto. Barsha's won a moto. Gotta say, there's only one more guy to me, JT, that can pull off a moto win, and that's Sexton before the end of the year. Like, we we kind of got all the players out of the of the moto winners, and, and uh, if Sexton joins them, I will not be surprised. No, and I honestly thought he would have already won one. Yeah. I really yep. thought so. And I think you're seeing the same thing with AC a little bit as just – Rookie mistakes in a in a class. You're you know you're racing against different riders, different caliber of riders on a motorcycle you haven't ever raced before, and just bad things randomly happen. Um, but he's he kind of falls in the same boat as AC for me. This that kid is going to win. I don't know when. I don't know if titles, but he will win motos. The kid is so fluid on the motorcycle, and I've almost I've I've been a little surprised at the mistakes. Um, he has a little bit of Christian Craig in him where everything is going perfectly, and then all of a sudden he's upside down. And you don't really quite know why. Uh, but I, I believe his ceiling is pretty high, and he will uh, he will end up winning. So I think Honda made the right decision. They had the foresight to put him on that motorcycle early and get him locked up. And for me, I think the real question is at what point does – I don't want to say rivalry because that sounds probably more than it is, but I think there's going to be a pretty competitive spirit inside that Honda truck for who is the alpha going into 2021. Well, I wonder what they're going to do. So AC and Sexton are at James's place. They left the sandbox, right? Yep. Kenny did not leave the sandbox. Kenny, I mean, he just hasn't been riding, so it hasn't really come up. But what's is Roxon going to stay at the sandbox? And then now AC and Sexton are at James's place. Does Roxon move over with his two buddies? You know, uh, that I mean, it, it's just all kind of soap opera-ish stuff a little bit. But there's a question sure. there, I wonder. I it wonder, goes on, yeah. though. Yeah. It, it yeah, definitely yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, I I do not think that you will see Roxon and Sexton practicing together. That That's my prediction. Um, I've just been around it too many times. There's too much ego and too many, uh, I don't want this guy to see what I'm doing type stuff. I don't want him to see what my settings are. All those type things come into play when you have two alpha guys on the same team. And that's why we've typically seen a, a rider A and rider B uh, work so well in the past. Um, and I think Honda may have even thought that was more likely. But I think Sexton is kind of writing his own narrative here where he doesn't want to be second fiddle to Ken Rocks and he wants to be the guy. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. I, but, again, my prediction is I don't think you'll see them practicing together in 2021. Did I miss anybody else for potential moto winners? Is Sexton the, the only guy left? I don't think you're leaving anybody out. Right. Um, weather would be the one, yeah. you know, variable there. Right. Uh, but I mean, that's a pretty wide, wide, wide ranging group you have there. Yeah. Uh, that's the widest range we've had in a very long time. Does um, okay. Let me oh, let's narrow you it down. You got Baggett there. in there too, right? Yeah. You threw Baggett the, the, in there. Does yeah. Baggett, Barsha, Sexton get two? Well, Sexton hasn't got one, right? I know, so I know. Another we're, one? We're, say, we're saying he's going to win one. We think he'll win one before the end of the year. We think. I'm, I'm iffy on winning one this year. Okay. Um, I, do, I definitely don't think two. Okay. But um, I don't think you're going to see Barsha get two. I, I don't really have any evidence to back that up. He certainly doesn't deserve a comment like that. I'm just 
taking wild swings here. Um, I, I kind of think you're going to see Zacho starts pay off at some of these tracks. But the one factor we have to look at, too, is the weather. Uh, and, and I don't mean negative weather. I mean great weather. Yeah. So this weekend you're looking at highs of like 65 and sunny, which from you know us talking to Osborne, he's not a huge fan of because he likes tougher conditions. He likes guys to fade, and he likes his fitness to show up late in the motos. So some of these guys might be able to hang in there when normally they wouldn't. So maybe that works in Marv's favor this weekend. Yeah. Maybe that second moto is a little bit easier on him if it's only, you know, say 64 degrees in that second moto. Right. All right. Let's get to some phone calls here for the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Clay's got a gear question on one. Clay, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Uh, first of all, I just wanted to say I appreciate all the discount codes and stuff you guys put together. You know, uh, I ordered some uh, product, and I was actually surprised on how much money I saved. But uh, nice. My question, my question was: so I've been, I haven't rode in probably a year, and uh, I'm getting ready to buy some new gear, and I wasn't really sure on what line I should go. I think I have F16 right now. Okay. Um, which I know is like the lower end, and uh, it does all right. I really just bought it because I got a good deal on it, and it fits, you know, it's something to have on. But I've lost some weight, and I weigh about 250. Uh, okay. What what line of gear should I be looking at? Where in the country do you live? Uh, I live on the east. East coast, okay. Um, I'm going to definitely say kinetic. Uh, I was just doing, and the only reason I was asking is weather-wise, if it would make more sense for you to buy kinetic mesh, which is the vented stuff, or just standard kinetic, and that, that's basically just on temperature. Uh, but for your right. body shape and for you know durability, and to take a significant step up, you would definitely want to go kinetic. And the great thing for you is it's only one step up price-wise too, so you're going to get a great deal. Um, and obviously, you can buy that all over. Whether you want to buy, you know, 2020 or 2019, there are, there are deals everywhere because that's a really uh, high volume piece for us. So everyone kind of has it. Um, but you're getting a lot of upgrades with that kinetic line versus F16. Um, you know, leather panels, uh, two two Velcro straps, you get better closure fit, um, more stretch panels. I mean, it, it it literally is a race pant priced at a mid-price point so that that's an easy recommendation for me and it's also one I, I love to give you because it's only one step up in price there you go okay yeah. and and that wasn't a bait by the way but no uh no, also, lastly lastly uh so i actually kind of support my brother in, in riding he took a spill and he raised you know a high-end helmet and uh we we're gonna replace it and my question would be, is the formula rebuildable? Like, you know, some other companies, they'll take in their helmets and, you know, replace the liners and stuff. Uh, is the formula that way, or is that something you're working towards? Or We, we do not do that. Um, I know there are some, some companies out there that do that, and they have a facility specifically set up for that. Uh, for us, we are very particular about the EPS, and the unfortunate side of EPS is that they are one-impact usage. The great thing is they are the most, you know, absorbing material that we've ever come across. Any, that's why everybody uses some form of EPS. Uh, we use a conehead EPS. You have two different densities where uh, it's almost like a crumple zone in a car. Um, but to answer your question specifically, no, we do not rebuild them. Um, we try to help out along the way if, if there is some sort of incident. But 
with a helmet, it's obviously the most safety-related uh, item that we sell. We're very, very careful with um, how we how we approach that. Cool. Thanks for the call, Clay. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Thank it. you. Uh, so you're telling me some companies will take the EPS and rebuild it in their helmet? Um, I have not seen them particularly do it. I oh, think okay. they replace a few aspects of the helmet. Oh, um okay. But, yeah, yeah, yeah that, it's, that's a, it's massive, a pretty cool thing. I, I don't have a problem with, with the aspect at all. I'm sure they do a great job with it. It's just not something that we particularly do. Um, anytime you get into stuff like that, the first thing I think about is liability. Yeah. And I get really nervous um, about somebody sending their helmet in, we fix it, and then they hurt themselves. Um, not to say that ever happens or could happen or would, uh, but that's the first thing that crosses my mind, and I would be like, I don't even know if I want to go down that road as far as a brand. Right. Uh, Spencer, what's going on? You got a question for JT? Yeah. Okay, so it's kind of it. watching the race Monday and listening to Jason Wigand say, as Adam's leading second moto, he's really riding really well. If he doesn't make a mistake, he's going to win 1-1 and literally two seconds later crashes. What are weird superstitions you guys have run across from riders? I mean, I ride and race at a low level, and I have superstitions, but kind of what are some interesting um, I, ones? I've seen a lot of guys drop a brand-new helmet. Um, you know, they'll just drop it on the ground. So yeah, I've seen I that. that. I've seen that. JT, what else? Um, I can only speak from my personal experience, and I definitely had some. Um, I had to wear specific knee brace socks this, the, a certain way, like the tags had to be facing a certain way. Um, I had to put my my goggles a exact certain way on my handlebars before the race. And if, like, when Dan was my mechanic, Dan Truman, as a lot of you know, I would freak out on him if he put them on a different way and just immediately move them. Like, it was just the dumbest little things like that. Um, yeah, just little things that mean nothing, but it's all about – when you wind up and you go out to race having the most confidence and like, okay, I've done every little thing. I've checked every box I can and things are going to go right. And you, you, your own worst enemy, you, you know, I created those little nuances and habits. And then if something's out of place, you feel like, oh my God, something bad's going to happen. But it's so dumb. Like, you know, none of that is, it's all up to chance. But looking back on it, it's silly. But at the time, you take it so seriously. Um, and it, it really just comes down to confidence. And Steve, you know better than anybody, riders and confidence is by far the most critical aspect of their game. All right, there you go. Thanks, Spencer. Cool. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, we got uh, Philip on three. Philip, you want to talk about Nate Thrasher? Yeah. So, uh, what? TLD like apparently just announced that they're ha- yeah. having Nate Thrasher join them. What's what's the story on him? Like, why mid-season? What's I was just curious. Well, what a, your thoughts are on that. There's yeah. a new rule this year that amateurs can ride uh, up to 40 points. I think three races are 40 points. Whatever comes Correct. first. Yep. Um, so there's real no downside to TLD putting Nate on a bike and seeing how he could do. Philip, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah. so what's, yeah. Uh, is he a big up-and-coming guy in the amateur? I've never even heard of this guy. Yeah, You've never heard of Nate Thrasher? Yeah. JT, he's never heard of no. Nate Thrasher. Yeah, he's... Uh, he's got an he, awesome name. <laughs> well, he yeah, kind of came out of nowhere uh, a, like two years ago at Loretta's and was winning motos by like 40 seconds. Like, no kidding. Like, he was just oh, wow. killing everyone out of nowhere. And then uh, the KTM guys signed him up right away, put him on the amateur program, and then he's just kind of been on the rise so um i did not know he was going to make his debut this summer he, because think about it he raced the b classes uh schoolboy and b 
at Loretta's. So I thought it was a year early. I thought next next summer would be his time, but I guess they just felt like between losing, uh, you know, Pierce Brown's injury and they just have been struggling for results, they must be yeah. – I don't want to say it's throwing a Hail Mary, but if they have a guy that can compete, put him out there. And there's no downside. He can go back to being an amateur, you know, if it doesn't yeah. work out or whatever. So, yeah, there's not really any, yeah. any downside. Thanks, Philip. Cool. Thanks. Thank you. Greg's on five. Greg, what's going on? What's happening, guys? Um, I've always wondered about the Maxima chain moves. So they've got the chain wax and the chain guard. Yeah. Um, what's the difference, and which one do you go to in like different situations? I just use, I use the chain uh, guard. Uh, it's more from shorter stuff. Chain wax. Uh, off-road guys, uh, if you got along, you know it's kind of a stickier stuff. It stays on the chain longer. Um, I believe the off-road guys like that kind of stuff if they know they're going on like a three-hour ride or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of coats the chain. So, yeah, I just use the chain guard, I think, just because I'm a moto guy, so I do short little, you know, 15-minute, 20-minute motos, right? And that's it. So that's, that's the difference between them. Right on. Yeah, I've been using the chain wax, and I've never used the guard, and the wax always gets, like, gets this gold film on my yeah. swing arm and, and rims and stuff. So, all right, I'll switch yeah, to the guard. Yeah, Thanks. switch to the guard. All right, thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. Uh, all right, uh, we're going to get Anton on the show here, 702-586-7857. We're still giving away that fly racing gear. Uh, before we let you go, JT, so um, Jeffrey Hurling's crashing at, uh, at the last round or the two yep. round, round ago. Uh, he's out for a long time. And wow. I think the next three rounds, yeah. so that next three-round stint at Mansova, I yeah. think he's going to miss, and then he'll be back. I thought it was eight weeks. Uh, I, all I heard was the next three rounds, okay. which could be that same time frame you're talking about with the way these stents are going. So um, crazy. Anyway, so so now we're looking like Geyser or uh, or Antonio will get get the title. Uh, really thrown a series on its on its head. It has, and I could not be cheering for Tony Cairoli any more than I am. Um, I will be actively fanboying for him. Uh, for those of you who are kind of neutral or don't know a lot about the series, you couldn't ask for a nicer guy than Tony Cairolius. Very humble, um, does everything the right way, handles situations the right way. And for him to win a championship or have an opportunity to win a championship at this age, I don't know how you couldn't be on his side. And that's not to take anything away from Geyser. Geyser's great. But Cairoli, this would be such a great way to not end end his career because he's going to race yeah, next year yeah. but at least put a bow on it yeah yeah really really cool uh sewer's riding really well too it's uh it's a crazy class with jeffrey's injury like you're just like whoa wait and and you know they're racing three times a week so you're getting some some pretty crazy results yeah and, and it's it's really deep and i i don't want to be an mxgp fan you know or like a honk right now but you look at how deep their class is and just some of the you know, watching online some of the imagery, you just see like 10 guys in the background within like five seconds. You're like, oh my God, these guys just keep coming. And even the guys that are struggling like DeSalle and Paul Ann and these guys, you know the caliber of those guys. Um, so it's it's a great time to be, you know, watching MXGP. Um, even the, you, the new kids that you mentioned, kids like Sewer are on the rise and they're getting into the mix now. Um, but you know, it's almost a blessing that Hurlings had to step away because I think he, he had this title locked up. And now it's, I don't want to say it's wide open, but if Tony or guys are running any problems, it, it could be a, a multi-horse race down the stretch. Well, I think, I think you're right about the depth. 
and it's because of the age rule. You know, they that that yeah. the MX2 is not good right now. Well, it's, it's good, right. but you know what I mean. It's, I agree it's, with you. It's, no, it's, it's really weak. It, it is, and, and so their rule of forcing everybody to MXGP, which I don't agree with at all, is is paying off in the sense of that. You know what I mean? And you're yeah. getting. You're getting you're getting guys that were on the podium not that long ago in MX2, and they're barely getting top tens, or they're unable to get top tens. You know. Um, well, and, and it's so. it's really turned into the MX2 classes that have and have nots because the the equipment difference for a guy like uh, Frederick Vial, or that's his father. Um, the hell Thomas. is the kid's name? Thomas. Thomas Vial. Yeah. I used to race against his dad, Frederick yeah. Vial, actually. Um, but the difference in equipment between Vial's KTM 250 and some of the privateer guys he's racing against is not even fair. Yeah. It's really not even a, a close battle. You, you see Vial whole shot every time, no matter what. And now that you've seen Yago Geertz get on the uh, Monster Star Yamaha equipment, he's also whole shotting every time. Um, so not only are they probably better, but they just have such a huge equipment advantage that it really kind of turns into a two- or three-person race every single moto. Before we let you go, we'll bring in uh, Michael Antonovich. Anton, what's up? How are you? Good. What's going on, boys? We got Caroli or Geyser, Anton? What do you who do you like here? Hi, Roly. Just because Tim, he, it's Tim. Like, <laughs> Tim is Tim. Right. Tim's Tim. You know, and it's awesome, and I echo pretty much everything that JT said. Uh, it would be amazing to see Antonio kind of start winding his career down this way with another title especially because so many people have written him off so many times in these last few years, especially over there. And Geyser's going to have some more issues, I think, even with that new Honda. I mean, they've had two mechanical things with it, and who's to say that more stuff like that doesn't happen from here to the end of the season. I really apologize to all the Hurlings fanboys like JT and Paul and and Kellen. I mean, the golden boy has gone down again. He has gone down again. Uh, It must be tough. Must be tough for you guys, all the hurlings fan guys, you know. So, we'll, I'm good. We'll hang I'm in. I'm good. There. I, I think it's made for a better series. Oh, 100 um, percent. Yes. Yeah, he he is he is the preeminent outdoor motocross rider on the planet it, at the moment. Is you he know, Stu? Is he Stu? Different. Um, I don't think Different. you can really compare them. Yeah, because okay. Stu was both disciplines. He was untouchable. I mean, he went undefeated in motocross in a season, which is unbelievable. And then you just watch him ride Supercross, and you just visually can see that no one else is as good as him. So I don't know that you can put Hurlings on that level just because it's it's one discipline versus two. Right. You think Anton, you're right? He's not, not Stu yeah. level yet? Well, and there's just so many other things to Jeffrey to Stu because, like, James revolutionized how a lot of people ride. Not a lot of people have taken up what Jeffrey does with all the standing and how he rides sand. Like, that's what makes him so remarkable is that almost nobody can copy his riding style either. Um, And, yeah, what JT said, I mean, James was doing it in both Supercross and Motocross. Jeffrey's only one guy. This sounds like it was a big one, too. Like, I don't know what you've heard, JT, but he sounds kind of, like, shaken up over this one. You know, just happy to be walking and hitting his neck that way. And it sounds like they're really, like, Concerned that that could have been bad. Really crazy crash. Like, really kind of nutty, right? Just coming in and just, God, you're just, you know, odd. Yeah, and the, the surface didn't help. I mean, that track was so hard packed by the time, you know, that was the, the the middle of that stretch or whatever, but it just got harder and harder and harder. And you could see that if anybody had a big one, they were getting hurt, you know, because a lot of it was like a, a freeway by that point of the, the stretch. So, fortunate he's going to be fine but yeah i don't think you can take an impact like that on your head and have a you know a yeah. serious impact on your to your neck like that and it not shake you up a little bit 
Uh, all right, JT, thanks for the uh, thanks for coming on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show with Pulp, Fan- Pulp Mex Fantasy Show coming up later this afternoon. I'll talk to you then. Okay, guys. All right, thank you. FlyRacing.com, Pro Taper, 100% Maxis, Athena, all on board with us. Uh, Moto60-25, the code to save at 100%.com on casual apparel and accessories. Uh, Michael Antonovich uh, on the line here from Swap Moto Live. How's everything at Swap Moto Live, Anton? Everything good? It's going good. Just plugging along, staying busy, ready to go to these last four. Yeah. Um, Th- Nate Thrasher making his debut. We just uh, touched on that with a caller, but what's your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm a little bit surprised because, like JT said, I mean, he was a B-class kid and not, you know, like, why him? Why him of all the other people, especially because he hasn't even done, like, one high-profile A-class race yet. But this is going to be a good opportunity for him just to kind of learn it. They did the same thing with Pierce last year at WW, so the team's done it before. Um, When I was at Loretta's this year, he got a bad start to the week. Like, he got ninth place in 250B, and that ended his title chances pretty much. But when he would come back and get those, like, 1-1 wins to close out that class, he was ripping through the pack. I mean, he was by far one of the fastest guys in that whole thing. And he outlasted other dudes like Jet who crashed or whatever. Like, he was there in the hunt of it. He just got kind of off to a rocky start of the front. Yep. Um, And with TLD right now, they have other focuses, right? Like, you know, there's a lot going on in that whole world with the gas-gas move and who do they pick and what guys stay around and all that. For him to just come in and get some motos under his belt, it's not really a big pressure situation, I wouldn't think. Yeah, he can always go back. You know, right? With that rule, totally. it's, it's fine. It's no problem. See, see what you can do. Let's touch on that a little bit. So what we hear is uh, Gas Gas, one four, TLD team turning the Gas Gas, one 450 guy, a couple of 250 guys. KTM's going to pick a couple 250 kids as well, as we believe. Uh, Pierce Brown will be there, will be one of the kids. Apparently the rumor is it's going to be uh, Hartraft or Drake for the other spot. Um, is that kind of what you're hearing? And what, who would you go with? Yeah, I'm hearing the same thing pretty much on all of that. Um, and this all plays back even to a couple months ago before the gas gas deal uh, came about because Justin Cooper getting signed to, to Star Racing. KTM made a big push to try to get him. You know, they had big plans of what they wanted to do. I would think at this point, Hartraft would be the guy to get the nod just because he's doing the most with the least. He stayed by himself in California. He's, he's got those podiums indoors and outdoors. Drake has had his um, a long time with TLD. You know, as an amateur guy, I mean, even back to when he was, like, on mini bikes and stuff. But it's another one of those things where, hey, you only have a finite amount of time to get these results in, and they're going to keep moving on because they've done it with Cantrell and they've done it with other people, and it's a sink or swim thing, and it's really hard. Uh, I just don't think that Drake's put in the results yet that Hartraft has, but he also hasn't had as many years or as much opportunity as, as Hartraft has had well, either. And Hartraft can't, didn't come through, you know, TLD's program. He came through the Yamaha thing. So when you look at Cantrell and you look at uh, Mitchell Falk and now you look at Drake, who could possibly be out, and, you know, Pierce Brown, for as great as he was in Salt Lake, there hasn't been anything outdoors. The Whose deal is this, do you think? Where does this, who does this fall on? I mean, I, you know, we all like Tyler Keith, good dude. It's not all him, but is some of this on him? Is some of this on, um, you know, other people picking riders and supporting guys? Like, this has not worked. And if they let Drake go, you know, that'll be further further proof. Well, and it's not just them, though, too, because if you look, you know, directly across the pits at their sister company at Husqvarna, they have the same problem. You know, they have so many kids coming up. Timmy's kid, uh, Jalik Swole that just got brought in, Styles Robertson. You know, they have Mosman, Hampshire, 
Um, you uh, know, Mitchell Jordan, Harrison Jordan Bailey, that. Jordan Bailey's Jordan gone, Bailey, you know, but yeah, he was all on these that. guys yeah. that have come through. And like we said, you know, they only get so many opportunities and they have to make it happen then. And if they don't, or if something goes wrong, but, you miss that shot. And yeah, I don't know. I think it's just having two OEMs operating that way. And then having all the other OEMs, team green being so big, uh, Yamaha having quite a big program, Honda having what they have through Geico. Yeah. It's just it's what you guys have been talking about for a while, and it's what we pretty much all agree on. It's a very strange system uh, that so much effort and so much money and all of this stuff gets put into amateur racing. It's six insane. Times a year. Think of the hundreds of thousands of dollars that have gone through these programs, and what they have to show for them. It isn't good. You you, you know, if you want to do that, you know, you, you you back off, take save your money, support some pro guys. And then throw so much money at a Justin Cooper that he, you know, let, let somebody else bring a guy up, Hammaker or this or, or or somebody else, and just poach him, just poach him, mm-hmm. because you, you, whatever you're doing isn't working. <laughs> and on in addition to that too, they're children. You're dealing with like you're putting all this money into like 14, 15, 16, 17 year old kids that have no idea really of what's going to go on. And we saw it with Adam, you know, when he went from being a super mini kid to getting on big bikes and how much his body changed even as he was already a pro. Like it's putting a lot of effort on a very dynamic situation. That kid could change and, and change his mind, not want to be a racer anymore. He right. could have the for, he could have anything. It's unreal to put that much but, money into a high school or there's no better indication of the failure of this system, and I've been and we're off topic now, but fuck it, Anton, I'm going with it. We're <laughs> off topic. There's no better indication of the failure of this fucking system and these people and these teams than a guy like Mitchell Harrison, who's already flunked out of the program, right? He flunked out. He didn't make it. He had to go to Europe. He comes back. He's filling in with like a what? Uh, three weeks notice? Two weeks notice? Uh, mm-hmm. Something like that. He's beating. All of the kids outside of Jet, he's beating all of them, and he should though too. But like, but, but, the, but okay, and that puts unrealistic. I it get puts it. Unrealistic expectations into those rookie kids coming in, and you guys have discussed this, and I, I've written about it in the past, like for years. The age of the 250 class is so much older now that it's almost impossible for you to think that some 17-year-old kid straight out of Loretta wow. that's only ridden a handful of tracks is going to come in and hold his own. Like, Jet does it okay, but he's not, you know, the wonder child that well, well, but they were hold back on. in the 90s. Hold on, though. But Barsha did it. Kennard did it. You know, RV. Right. Not, none they, of those but, guys to me were, were like, I put Stu and Ricky and Alessi on another level from those guys I just mentioned coming out of amateurs. Right. Right. Well, but so, I mean, though, that's a more recent change. It's not been back to, like, you know, 2004 of the 250 class getting older. That's more been, like, 2010 to now. Wow. You know, a lot of guys hanging around. That's more of a recent problem of that yeah. of that shift happening. Because, I mean, Shmoda, Shmoda's not working out. It's not. And, 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 you know, so you can just go down the line with these teams. And so if you're going to give all this money and support for these kids, then you've got to say to them, Look, you got a five-year deal. Five, if you if you believe they're the right guy and they work hard, you got five years. You know before mm-hmm. you can get into racing men like Alex Martin and RJ and Ferrandis and these men, right? So yeah, um, and you almost have to, you have to have that outlook like that you're dealing with a teenager. Yeah, like I, 
it's the same thing if you hired some kid 20 years old to come in and work underneath you in the pulp empire. He's not going to know everything that you know right off the rip. Yeah, he might. So it's he unreasonable might. to think that he should be able to keep pace with you when you've been doing it for so long. And like, I, it's kind of you got to put him on a different on a different grading scale. When it comes to the uh, Husqvarna and KTM thing too. And uh, I just did a podcast with Amart um, that just came out this week, and we talked about it a little bit on there, and we talked more stuff a little bit off the record stuff, but and, and from different people I've talked to, including Tyler Keefe. I almost wonder if KTM and Husqvarna should look at that Baker's program for these kids and maybe shake that up a little bit. You look at Hart Raff, you mentioned it earlier, he's not been doing it, he's been in California. Now he's older and a little bit more of a veteran guy, so maybe that's not apples to apples. But I almost wonder, you know, I did a podcast with Jordan Bailey, he got out of there. You know, uh, Amart's not a fan. Um, when you're not working under Alden, I almost wonder whether it was Rattray, Rarick, or Brown, all good dudes, all nice guys, but I almost think the OEM should take a better look at that. You agree? Well, and then also, too, it's not like, hey, this is summer camp that you're getting brought into. They're also paying for their stuff. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah, yeah. It's no. not a free deal. No, like, no, no. It's like not, Jordan, it's yeah. not like, it's, yeah, you're not, you didn't just get a scholarship. You're paying to be there still. Right. Yes, and and Jordan Bailey mentioned that in our podcast where he's like, dude, it was costing me a lot of money, and I'm, I yeah. wasn't making a lot, you know? So mm-hmm. I almost think that they need to revamp that a little bit and, and think about how that's not working, you know? Yeah. Obviously, the guys under Alden, the direct guys, that's that's bang up right there, you know? But uh, anyways, um, yeah, interesting, you know? Um, yeah, you got a point. Like, I just, you know, Mitchell Harrison getting these results and beating most of these kids – when he was one of them, should be proof that you don't need to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Just we had a, go, go hire Mitchell Harrison. Go find a next. Go find a next older kid who who flamed out. You know, and like on the Mitchell note, that's why this PC thing could be so important for him. You know, does he get brought back there next year? Who knows? A little I doubt early it. to say yeah. they have a and they have a lot of people in their pipeline that they already have rides with or or are coming or whatever. But Mitchell, like Mitch, has taken chances on older guys in the past and then help them reestablish their career. Yeah, yeah. Mitchell is podiumed. Mitchell has been, you know, a top 10, top five guy. And now he's probably one of the more diverse guys because he has gone over there and done those European races. We had him on a press conference thing last night uh, through MX sports, like for the pro racing deal. And he explained like, yeah, dude, you learn a lot. And he went over there and he got humbled because the things, the pace is so different. He expected himself to be a podium contender every race. It didn't happen. You know, he knows now, hey, this is how you put the whole pieces of the puzzle together. He just needs more than nine chances to do it. Yeah. I'm worried. I'm worried so, for these kids. All of them. I'm yeah. worried about all of them. Um, well, and I think, too, and I mean, like, not to completely just hijack this whole second part of your show, but how this year goes, how this whole offseason and financial things happen for every team is going to change Hey, what amateur kids do get support next yep. year? You know, th- there's a lot of stuff. Do you make more? Do you put your sponsorship money into pro racing where it's going to be seen? Or is it, hey, let's dump all of this other money that we only have so much of into races that maybe get live streamed on the internet? And there's two or three Instagram pages that really pay attention to it. Staying with that team a little bit, and we got a full, full lines of uh, phones here we're going to get to right away with them. Michael Antonovich from Swap Moto Live. Uh, Barsha's deal. Barsha was pretty much done deal. Go over to ride the 450 for gas gas. And uh, I think for maybe the only time in the sports history that I can think of, an OEM actually matched the their, their right the right to first refusal. Um, they actually did it. I couldn't believe it. I, so now Yamaha's going to have AP, either. Dylan, and, and Barsha. And, and 
This has never happened because when a rider signs a deal to go elsewhere, it means he wants to leave, and every factory team just goes, yes, let him go. He wants to leave. But not Yamaha. They're keeping him. Odd deal for sure. But if you're Barsha, look, you're doing okay on the Yamaha. Salt Lake Supercross didn't go well, but you're doing okay outdoors. You did okay for the most part in Supercross, and you're making more money because you can do your gear. Why not stay? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, why not stay? And, and and what you're Justin only has so much time too left in his career. He knows it. He's even said in interviews like, "Hey, I have to make a run at this now if I'm ever going to do it." Why would you take that? Like now he's completely missing out on a year of trying to learn to develop a bike that he's never ridden before. You know, he just goes into 2021 with even more knowledge of what this yeah. YZ450 does already. Right. Because every guy goes through it. You know, every time you switch bikes up, it does take a little bit of a learning curve to figure out where you're going to be. And it's completely different than anything he's ridden in his entire pro career. He's always been on aluminum chassis. You uh, you hear anything about Dungey's deal at all? Any further along, uh, setbacks, anything? No, not really. Uh, and it's weird because, like, when you talked about that at Redbud, I was like, wow, okay. You know, I think a lot of people know that Ryan's trying to figure out what he wants to do. And so for it to come back in this way would be cool. You know, it's always cool to see when the, the legends come back and so many guys have. Uh, but I echo so many statements that other people have. Like, mm-hmm. it's a big ask, man. It's yeah. a big ask to go away for a couple years, and if you, if your heart's not really in it, and his could be, and I hope it is, or, you know, one little thing, he retired because he got hurt. You know, he got scared of his neck injury. Mm-hmm. Those fears of being injured don't go away. No. You know, that's no. always something in the back of your mind. And ask any racer, the day you start riding scared is the day the big one happens. All right, let's uh, let's wrap up some phone calls here on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show with Swap Moto Live's Michael Antonovich. Thank you, Fly Racing, uh, and 100% and Maxis and Pro Taper, and uh, and of course the folks um, at uh, Athena as well. So let's get into Eric. Uh, social media in marketing. What uh, what's on your mind, Eric? Hey guys, I just wanted to try to hit you while Anton was on because I like his opinions on things like this. Um, so, I mean, I follow a lot of riders on various platforms, you know, and including, you know, American riders, MXGP, and your favorite sport, MotoGP. And I really see, like, there's this fundamental difference in responses to riders' posts based on what you see in the American circuit versus, say, MXGP. There's a lot more hate and negativity <laughs> directed in the American thing. And I'm just wondering, like, as a sponsor of a team or a rider, like a gear sponsor, what's the value of that social media when you as a manager go and look at it and see all this hate directed at your sponsored athlete? What do you what, guys think about well, that? Do you have an example? Because I feel like like it's, it's a 90-10 it's a split for most I, guys. Like uh, you're going to have some haters, leave, but, you know. But you leave comments on your thing and – you're going to get those hateful comments, right? Like, it's just, but I, but I don't but see I believe, when I look at MXGP. Really? Like, you don't okay. see someone going on Tony's or yeah, Paul yeah. N's yeah. accounts and just shit-talking them. Uh, that, yeah. Uh, I feel like but everyone like, knows there's going to be negative comments no matter what. Like, if you posted a photo of yourself saving a puppy from a fire, uh, Wygant's going to come on there and, and leave a negative comment, you know? So... I don't know. I feel like that's how people think. But what do you what do you think, Anton? And, and maybe you have you noticed, Anton, the the MXGP guys uh, not get, not getting as much heat. Yeah, he has a point that sometimes the MXGP people are a little bit different. Um, but then there's a big difference. And I mean, Steve, you know this. And when we go from Europe to American personalities, like it's it's totally different. The outlook or the attitude that people have are so 
shifted from one side of the uh, ocean to the other. I think that American fans um, sometimes get a little bit too gnarly, and I've thought this for years. They dive into the personal details of people's things, you know, and they think like, yeah, just because this is a racer, I can talk shit about, you know, he, his wife or his girlfriend or this or that. Like, we know that that message board people and, and all this stuff have been like super vicious. But as a sponsor, if you're spending your money with this guy, let a couple morons that, you know, hide behind fake screen names. And Mathis, you and I have to deal with this shit, too, of people that are just no-name morons that want to, like, start shit. You don't worry about them because for every one moron like that, there's a hundred other ones that are happy about it, that like what they do, and then there is a positive impact on why you spent the money with that person. Yeah, um, Eric. I, I think it's yeah. just a cultural thing. I think, Eric, I think managers know you're going to get some moronic comments no matter what you do, and they just move on. You know, like in the case of Dylan getting a lot of heat for those passes earlier in Supercross – if that continues, then I think, yes, you have to look at that as a company and be like, do I want to be associated with somebody who has such negative publicity, you know, majority of the comments? Uh, I'm not saying they're right. You just got to think about it, you know. But other than that, I, I don't know, Eric, if I'm, if I'm even letting it bother me if, if I own a company, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing, too, sorry to cut you guys off. You have to no, think, no, is it the person, is it the writer that's actually doing something to cause that? Like, are they writing like a moron? Are they taking people out? Are they doing stupid things? Are they saying stupid things? Or is it just someone that is jealous, that just likes to poke holes in someone with whatever's going on right now? Yeah. You know, and, and as long as your writer or your athlete or whoever it is isn't doing something to cause controversy, you should never be worried about what the public perception of them is. As long as they're doing their job and getting results and not causing commotion, they're doing what they're supposed to do. So, all right, Eric, anything else? Okay. Nope. No, no, that's all good. Right. Thanks for Thank uh, taking the call, guys. Thanks, Have man. I appreciate one. it. Thanks. Kyler, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, Steve? How are you? Hey, uh, I listened to your last podcast you did with um, – Alex Martin last week or whatever, and you guys talked a little bit about the health of JGR and their new title sponsor coming on, along with uh, Gas Gas coming to America and having a team here. Uh, could you just give us a little bit more insight on that and what the future holds for JGR? Well, I think they're coming back. New president Suzuki, uh, he used to be in charge of racing, so he's a racing guy. Um, uh, JGR is apparently close to this new sponsor, Anton. I don't know if you've heard that. The casino um, still going to mm-hmm. come through. Suzuki's going to have this new president. So I think, Kyler, I would have bet before Anaheim won this year, I would have bet money that JGR was not coming back with all the stuff I've heard about Suzuki and everything else. But the new president and a sponsor, and I think JGR comes back, Kyler, I do. So um, that's kind of – Yeah, I, mean, I know everyone kind of shits on Suzuki, and I'm not trying to – you know, I'm trying yeah. to – I mean, I hope I hope they uh, get back to where they once were. But uh, as far as their new title sponsor and their new president, hopefully that can be a good recipe yeah. for success in the future. And yeah, yeah, I agree. Thanks, man. Thanks for the call, yeah. uh, Jeremy. What's going on? You got an Austin Forkner question? Yeah, I was uh, I was just curious if uh, he was going to be back this weekend or at all this year. I don't think he's coming back this year, Anton. Yeah, I know that they wanted to. He wanted to ride those last four. Um, there was a big push for it, especially with him getting back on the bike. But then it sounded like the shift was, hey, you just need to get healthy and you need to get ready because you're a title contender in 21. So don't don't rush it along too much now. Um, I was wondering with Sinai being out what they would do, but I still don't think that he's done enough to, to like – 
unnecessarily rush him along. Yeah. Because you know, that injury he had was big. Just take the time. Yeah, take there's the time. right. There's no need to come back. There's four more to go. So it'll be interesting to see how they do. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, Derek wants to talk about Ryder McNabb. Derek, what's up? Uh, yeah, I was just wondering in any of your talks with New for Galdi or whatever, if you heard anything about, I mean, I know next year he'll be up in Canada, but in the future, like the year after, if he's going to be racing American stuff. Yeah, he, he's goal. got he's got an American agent. Uh, they're going to do some, they're going to get him. Jesus, all right, I got to let you go. They're going to do, uh, uh, put him um, uh, in mini O's, um, you know, that kind of stuff. He's obviously a pro, so he won't do Loretta's, but apparently he's going to ride some amateur stuff, a high-level amateur stuff in the U.S., and kind of work towards, you know, riding a pro career here here in America. So uh, that should be interesting. It's the latest, greatest kid from Manitoba, Anton. We're all very proud of him. So, As you should be. Right. Uh, last question on the show. Will, congratulations. You won yourself some fly racing kinetic gear for being on hold for so long. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks, man. I really just called in. I wanted to give you a shout out. I've been watching your, um, your eBay auctions for Tevin Tapia and I thought that was so cool, man. Uh, I'm a gear collector, so I was like trying to get me one, but man, those things, all of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's been awesome, man. Uh, um, it started with Chiz saying, Hey, auction AC's Jersey off for Tapia. And I said, okay, we can do that. He won Pulp Mex fantasy one week and then it snowballed into, uh, everything. And even, um, Kyle, ET's bus driver, said, "Hey, I got some gear for you." I'm like, "I didn't know you knew anything about this." And they got me gear, and and so, yeah, it's awesome, Kyle. Uh, that we're doing able to do that for for Tevin. I think it's gonna it's gonna be over twenty grand. So, um, that's awesome. Yeah, so stay on hold. We'll get you some fly racing kinetic stuff. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks, no problem. Guys. Thanks for thanks for uh, calling and being on hold for so long. And uh, yeah, we're gonna and Monster actually, Monster, the company that wouldn't let me into their after party, Anton, said they're sending me some stuff to give to auction off. Can you believe it? Hey, man. There's good people everywhere. It's okay. It's cool that everybody in the industry comes together to help each other like this uh, for a guy like Tevin, too, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. So, um, cool, man. All right, Anton, uh, give me your winners for this weekend's race. Millville, give me your winners. Mm. Um, 250 class, it's hard to bet against J-Mart. Home track, he's really been moving, uh, like moving everything forward that way. And he knows this is his time to really make a big impact on it. I think Ferrandis really puts in a big charge to try to, to pull things away. But it's home race advantage for Jeremy. So I would give him 250 class. Dude, 450 class is so unpredictable right now, and I can't believe that we're saying that because it's like how charged up does Eli come back after this one week off and everything? Uh, can Adam go on a roll? Does Barsha take advantage of a fan track? Like, who knows? And then you have Zach that's just winning, Marvin. It's kind of like a, hey, put your finger somewhere on the sheet and pick one. But I think Osborne's pretty good right now. I yeah, think he's starts a, are good. He's a solid yep. contender. You know, I, he's there all the time, and he doesn't have to win both motos. He yeah. might just need to be 2-2 or 1-2 or whatever. He'll be in the position to do it. I really wanted to break down the dylan uh, Jmart thing, but you got me yelling about amateurs, so we don't have Sorry. enough time. Yeah, my bad. Uh, it's really on your, fa- your fault, Anton. Um, As most things are. Yeah, Swap Moto Live. Please go there. Check them out. Podcasts and videos and uh, write-ups and Anton. Uh, lots of Anton over there at Swap Moto Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, good job with all that, buddy. Thank you for the time on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Thanks, man. Thank you, boys. Always appreciate it. All right. See ya. That's Michael Antonovich, everybody, and uh, Jason Thomas earlier. That has been the Fly Race and Moto 60 show for this week. 
Tits, fantastic job. Yes. Really, really good over there. Thank you. Amazing skills and mm. dexterity and everything. I really gave it my all this you, week. You really did. Yep. I noticed that. Uh, we will be back next Thursday to uh, break down the upcoming Florida WW Ranch National and more. Thanks for the phone calls. Thanks to our sponsors. See you next week.